0: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Everse Chat. This episode is brought to you by the letter E. Welcome to episode 7. Happy Friday. I hope you're having a great and productive day. So, over the week, I had some interesting stuff pop up. Um, it was actually kind of a blast from the past and kind of made my blood boil for a little bit, but I was very inspired by episode 6. So, I just decided to talk it out and see, you know, why I felt the way I felt given this particular um, topic and happening. So um, this episode is really about um, ethics and morality and my thoughts on what and how a person should be when they are conducting business. So I hope you enjoy the topic. Um, As always, you know, I crave your feedback. Uh, This continuation actually came from some feedback that I got. Uh, again, it was like a phone call, so please, you know, use comments, all of that um, to text message me if you have my phone number. But, yep, without further ado, let's get into it. I to start just so, I think there is a huge distinction between ethics and morality. And I found it really interesting that when you look at a law dictionary, ethics and morality are generally the same thing. So according to a Webster's Law Dictionary, ethics are standards of honesty and fairness in the conduct of a business or profession often embodied in written rules adopted by professional associations. Um, It has a few more definitions here. Moral principles, generally. And then the branch of philosophy that deals with values relating to human conduct with respect to rightness and wrongness of certain methods, or sorry, actions, and to the goodness and badness of the motives And ends of such actions so there's even some some Kantian uh, slant on there using ends versus means and whatnot now if you look at who is this this is a simple Google search I believe they just use dictionary.com or perhaps Webster if you look at morality in a non law Um, dictionary it says principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong and good and bad behavior then it goes on to say a particular system of values and principles of conduct especially when held by a specified person or society so that's very interesting um, the different takes on those two uh, words so as an entrepreneur, as an aspiring business person, as a regular employee in a nine to five um, situation, why should you even care about this? Why is Kel taking the time to sit here and read these dictionary meanings about some seriously pedantic stuff? You know, when who cares about this? You know, kind of like in math class. Uh, in elementary school or, well, maybe not elementary, but middle school, when are we ever going to use this? That's a good question. And and I find myself faced with this uh, more oftentimes than not. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this sort of again is uh, I had a very interesting conversation with my neighbor about uh, just the different encounters in in business. Now he had a very interesting perspective. He is much older than I am, um, which I, I, I came to respect as the conversation went on. And he had a very mature sense or outlook on how people are quick to do wrong in the business setting and and I found myself thinking, wow, this guy sounds very bitter. But at the same time, I found myself agreeing with him and bringing up all these different scenarios where, hey, I've experienced that. I've experienced that too. I've experienced that. Huh, this is very interesting that I keep commiserating with this guy even though some part of my mind was thinking, wow, this guy is so jaded. I hope I never become like that. So that got me thinking. What is it about being a decision maker that allows people to slip in and out of goodness, badness, and somewhere in between? So I decided, hmm, let me me look up you know, words that I know are very closely associated with goodness and badness, doing the right thing, doing the wrong thing, um, a a person's general affect or or disposition toward action in the business setting. So I looked up morality and ethics, as you saw, and one thing I noticed was that at least in my experience, people tend to take a very morally relativistic stance when it comes to acting in the capacity of whatever their position is for their company, for who they work for, for whatever. Now, just to provide another definition here, moral relativism is loosely the belief that morals or right, wrong, good, bad is a subjective thing or set of things that is highly dependent on the person doing the acting. So, you know, that that may be something that is acceptable to them, so what is it who are who are you as an observer to question the rightness and wrongness of, of what that person is that you see, whatever they're doing? Um, there, there's a lot more to that and I would encourage you to just look it up on your own, but that's kind of what we're, what we're rocking with for now. Is this belief that morals are not one monolithic thing, that they can change and that they are multifaceted and subjective to the person observing so you have the observer and the actor and morals can be different between those given the same outcome going with that with that definition there what never ceases to amaze me is the amount of mental gymnastics a person will go through to justify an action taken on behalf of their employer, on behalf of their company, um, you know what, what have you? So to to draw out this point, I think it's appropriate to tell a story. So let's get into story time. And it's story time. So settle in and sip your tea, and listen to another freaking crazy story from my adventures in business as always the names uh, locations and businesses are changed um, just to protect people's privacy as uh, salty as I am sometimes um, I'm not that petty but you know these stories I, I just tend to laugh at them so this particular story takes place in our city of operations there in Houston. And it happened sometime last year. And the crazy thing about all this was, again, the degree to which a person will lie to themselves, deceive themselves and others, in order to protect themselves from a relatively simple omission or decision so as it goes my brother and i wanted to start a clinic or at least partner with a clinic there are different laws preventing non doctor physician whatever the heck you want to call it personnel from actually becoming a owner of a clinic a clinic um, and those laws are corporate practice and medicine laws, so we partnered with a doctor. His name was Tom. so Dr. Tom uh, was he posted his his clinic for sale. he said, "Hey, I have a lot going on personally, and you know I, I just want to sell my clinic." So we said, "Hey, Dr. Tom, why not?" partner with us we'll manage a clinic Uh, we have a little bit of experience there here's our track record um, primarily with pharmacies but you know we have a lot of connections um, that could really bolster your your business there long story short we convinced the guy to not sell his clinic but um, turn over some of the day-to-day operations to us let us look for another physician so that he can go handle his you know his whatever he had going on in his personal life you know he, he thought the idea was great uh, we brought in a few ancillary services well proposed ancillary services and he was all about it I make a few trips out to houston and i meet him he was he was a very nice guy um, My only concern was that when it came time to look at any different agreements, he would get real squirrely. But um, if you've ever dealt with doctors, doctors tend to be very terrible business people and understandably so. They did not go to school for eight, ten, whatever, however the heck many years they go to school, I should say decades, um, for business. They went for medicine. They are geniuses when it comes to the body diagnosis what what have you but when it comes to running a business they probably have the same business prowess as like a toddler or something um so we saw very quickly how he could start saving money so we throw him one as a freebie so before we have anything signed um he was very nervous about how do i know you're just not out to get me because again uh, i think that was episode three houston so we throw him a freebie, do this, let us know if it works. Comes back and he's like, hey, it worked. You know, I, I'm, still, I'm still upside down, but it's only like a thousand something dollars a month that I'm upside down now instead of 4,000 every month or week, whatever, whatever it was. So we say, all right, Dr. Tom, um, if you think we've proven ourselves, can we move forward? He says, sure, 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 that was his thing. Sure, 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 sure sit down, bring our clinical director out there. We have the contract in hand. I sent this guy this contract like three or four times. We had text message, thread going and everything. Sending us Happy New Year gifts with, you know, flower, I don't know. And so, you know, things were good. Things were great. Um, he never signs it. He just has more questions, has more questions. Um, we had a particular... Um, piece of machinery we had to move in um, at a a certain time. So we, we say, hey, Dr. Tom, is it okay pending this being signed if we move this in? It looks like everything's moving in the right direction and we just need to know. If you're not okay with it, it's completely fine. Just let us know. What does he say? Sure, sure, sure. No, it's fine. It's fine. So we move the piece of equipment in, and then the guy just ghosts us. He, you know, he doesn't respond to anything—no text messages, no calls—and um, then he'll send like a, a brief uh, message to one of us, talking about, "Oh well, hey, I had to go, um, I had to go out of town because my my wife's dad was really sick, or something." And I swear that this guy's wife's well his I guess that would be his father-in-law. I swear he died like nine times. Um, <laughs> you know that that's not funny, but um, you know, and I, I hope that the father-in-law is actually living still or at least in good health. But for us, you know, we, we got the dog ate my homework excuse. So at that point we started getting nervous. We have this hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment sitting in this guy's office that we don't have access to that he said okay um i have no further questions about um about the your lease i'm gonna go ahead and sign it um and everything was just it was very rushed so that is a mistake on our part that we should have just not moved it in but when a person tells you hey i'm fine with it you know go ahead and move it in i understand you have time constraints and you know, your, your rental, your rent price is acceptable to me and you pay for upgrades for a room and get it all decked out. You kind of expect that they will sign a sublease, uh, at least for me, um, that, that, that was not the case. So this guy just continues ghosting us for about, oh, three or four months. Then, out of the blue, and luckily, I just happened to be in Houston on on some other business. I get this call from from this random guy. I I've never heard of this guy. I've never, I've never heard of his company. Um, turns out that Dr. Tom. Assured us that he was going to keep his business all the all the while he was courting some practice management company. The practice management company buys a considerable portion of his practice, um, and it starts employing him. get the, get a call from this guy. You have to come move your machine within twenty four hours or we'll put it out on the curb, and we'll we'll put it in the dumpster. So I'm thinking, wow, you know, <laughs> who the heck are you to even tell me who the heck you are? And come at me like that. And and two, why would you do that to a hundred thousand dollar machine? I would think if you were really that crazy, you would at least try and sell it. Um, So I said, hey, you know what? Don't need to do that, but give us some time to figure it out. I'm just hearing about this. I immediately called Dr. Tom and and I say, hey, what the heck? You never signed anything, you never responded, we couldn't even get in to get our machine because you kept the doors locked, why, what's happening? Oh, well, we never signed anything, so it's okay for me to do all that. His words, exactly. We never signed anything, but it's okay for me to do that. So I ask, I, I I press the issue, what exactly are you referring to as that? Well, you know. No, I don't know, Dr. Tom. Please, enlighten me. Tell me what it is okay for you to do. Well, I have a patient in front of me. I gotta go. Yeah, sure. Guy hangs up. We never hear from him again. Get a call from the practice manager. Why did you call Dr. Tom? Well, I wanted to know what was going on. Oh, he never signed anything. He never signed anything. He never signed anything, so so you can't prove it. okay we're playing we're playing that game why is the machine there oh we don't know you put it here against his wishes so you mean to tell me that this super heavy machine that you have to have all these modifications for so we had a contractor come build the room out and put this machine in so we we broke into his medical practice cleared out a room and then upgraded it and put all the stuff in there and then have text message threads saying, oh, well, hey, it's here, it looks good. And all of that was against his will. Well, you still can't prove it because he didn't sign anything. So, you know, that that was a very stressful moment. We didn't know if these guys were serious. Um, a few lawyers got involved. Their lawyers sent some ridiculous letter. I actually read it today just laughing. Um, basically saying, well, if you want to keep it here, you have to pay us rent. So this, this completely, this third party, um, is asking us to pay rent for something that we don't have access to that we've been trying to either collect or just figure out what's going on for months. Um, and then they want something is like five hundred dollars a day, which is completely outside of market rate. And if you know anything about medicine, you, you you just can't do that. So now you have this lawyer involved, asking for things that get them even in any in even deeper trouble. Long story short, we were able to pick up the machine. No, we didn't pay rent for whatever their 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 rate was was $500 a day or something, something crazy um, for the inconvenience of having the room being used, um, being occupied or I I forgot what it was. Um, It it was a lot different face to face. Um, If if anybody has met me uh, or my brother, I'm, I'm six foot eight. He's six foot seven. Um, Yeah, they, they didn't put up any, any any mess, they just went and let us move everything peacefully and we were out. Um, so so yeah, that, that's the end of that story, but it was very interesting that you have a person who's gone through all these steps to make you feel comfortable, to make you feel welcome, and in reality they were they were exploring options. Dr. Tom was exploring his options which is completely fine, but when he had when he had to face the fact that he made a decision that he had already that would adversely affect another person or another group of people that he had already committed to he relied on the fact that well subjectively he never made a full commitment according to these this set of rules which was oh well it's only real if you sign it not you know not looking at the fact that, well, you led you led people to believe things were okay. You it's kind of like the whole idea of of screaming fire, you know, in a crowd. You're going, you're leading people to believe something, and then saying, well, I never signed anything, so it's not real. Um, so an example, morality versus ethics. In that case, um, you know, Dr. Tom mm, ethically, I, I, yeah, that I I wouldn't even say that that is ethically gray. That was, you know, ethically wrong, according to standards of practice within a profession as a doctor, people rely on your word and for you to say something like, Oh, it's fine. And then back out mm, that's questionable. And for me, morally, you know, he had an obligation to disclose, hey, I'm still exploring. I'm still exploring. Um, this isn't for sure. And, and that's all of us, you know, no one's saying, well, you can only do one or the other, but why keep people hanging for, for your entertainment, for your, for your pleasure, that, 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 that's not right. Back to our original topic, ethics, morality, moral relativism. I think that that it is, it is one of the many hurdles that you have to come across. It's almost like a, those defining moments in movies where you have to decide, are you going to be a person that uses those things um, which you know they are tools. Um, are you are you going to use those for your benefit, or are you going to choose to believe that? Hmm. Well, I could do this, but I still have to live with myself at the end of the day. I could hide behind these sh- this shield. Another. I I suppose I I'm coming up with the theme here of you know shields shields of a coward. You know things that you can say. That you hope will eventually excuse the fact that you're not okay with something that you did, or that something that you did is not okay with somebody else. You know, you, you, again, you have a choice. You can choose to, you know, make it known what you're doing and give people fair warning. Um, you can figure out a different way, um, but. I don't think it's ever acceptable to say this was the only way it was kill or be killed unless it is actually kill or be killed but let's face it this is business this is not war you know so all you Sun Tzu people out there Sun Tzu people that believe that it is war, it's not its business let's get real here you don't have to trample other people to to get what you want there there's always a better way to to go about doing that that type of stuff with that being said I I want to issue you a challenge look at a an instance where perhaps you you hid behind one of these shields whether it's it's just business or well technically I did something wrong but if you look at it this way it's really not that bad because it's really your fault and and to see if you can come up with a better way to do that and next time you're faced with that situation i challenge you to maybe take that that road less traveled and see where it gets you see if you can do something better than what your id with what your your childish entrepreneur wants wants to do. Let me know how it goes. All right, and that's about all the time we have. So, thanks again for tuning into Everse Chat. Hit the like button, the subscribe button, send me comments on Facebook. Um, I'm still waiting on like my first mean comment. I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm so ready for you. I, uh, I just got done watching Iron Fist season two with my with my wife, and I, I want to be just as petty as Joy. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, that's pretty petty, but um, yeah, yeah. I just I want to hear from you, and um, you know, thank you for everybody that's liking the Facebook page. Um, I just checked um, what do you call it, YouTube, and. I got some more subscribers. I had three, and then it, it just jumped. So, um, whoever whoever referred me, or if you guys found me, thanks, thanks a lot, and I hope to hear from you. So, until next time, talk to you later.